separate us or take us away from the love that God has for us. But before we, we get too far into that this morning, I just, I'm just, I'm so excited to be here with you guys this morning. It's been a wonderful four weeks here so far, getting to know many of you, spending time with you. Uh, Johnny just did an awesome job sharing with us the last four weeks, and we're going to recognize that at the end. Yeah, give him a round of applause. We're going to recognize that at the end of our service as well, just thanking him for that. But I'm just, I'm so excited uh, to finally be able to share with you guys again this morning. I shared with you once at the end of April, uh, and that was an awesome time, and I'm just excited. And so, uh, and, and to me, it's always an honor and a privilege to be able to, to co-preach with my wife. Uh, kids, she is phenomenal with kids, and it's unbelievable. And I love that we get to do ministry together, that we get to do life together, uh, and sharing the greatest love of all, the love of Christ, with, with, with everybody. And so there's nothing greater than doing ministry with those that you love. And so uh, we love working together. And, and throughout our time here at Chisholm, I, I'm sure that's going to become quite obvious to you. That, that a lot of what we do, we'll do together. We're a team. That, that, that's what we're here for. And we've given her the title of family pastor um, because she's going to oversee the kids' ministry and do some different things along those, those lines. Um, but just so everybody knows, it, that's, we're going we're gonna to tag team this thing. Uh, we're here for you guys. We're here to live life with you and with this community and, and, and helping the lost come to know Christ and find hope. Um, but as I said, I love that video we just watched. That it just talks about how much God loves us. How unconditional it is and how vast it is. We can't even wrap our mind around the love that God has for us. Uh, and, and it's a love that, that is just so amazing. And we love God. Why? As it said in that video, because of 1 John 4, 19, we love because He first loved us. Right? God loved you and I before we ever came into existence. God loved you and I when time began, when He created everything. God's love was so available. And so today we're going to continue on with that topic of talking about God and, and how we can love Him with everything that we have. How do we love God with all that we have, all that we are God loves us and He longs to be our friend. He created us for relationship. That's what differentiates you and I from everything else in this creation. Is God wants to have a relationship with us. Right? God doesn't, he doesn't have a relationship with the animals and different things. But God wants to have a relationship with you. With us. And I hope today that you'll walk away with a little better understanding maybe of, of how much God loves you. And not only how much God loves you, how do we show our love back to God? How do we show our love to God? Just like Pastor Lord talked about the kids, how, how do you show love to your parents? How do you show love to your friends? How do we show love back to God, right? God loves us. It's a relationship. We need to show love back to Him. And there's many different ways we can do that. But this morning we're going to talk about a few of them. So how many of you have a life verse? You would say it's a verse that maybe is, has been super important in your life, or maybe God continues to bring it back in the forefront of your mind when you're going through struggles and you just have a verse that God has really just laid heavily upon your heart. Or maybe there's a certain story in the Bible that you've just always connected with really well. That it just seems like, man, no matter what circumstance I'm walking through in life, God just always brings this thought or this idea or this story back into my mind. Uh, this morning, I'm going to share with you my life verse. The verse that God has used in my life in a powerful way. Uh, and just really helped me through many difficult times and many challenging times. 
And it comes out of Deuteronomy 6.5. Many of you know this. It says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. I love that verse. It, it, has, it has played such a huge role in my life and, and where I am today. Uh, a lot of it is because of the way God has worked through that verse. And so uh, we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit today about how we can love God. But I'm also going to share a little bit from my personal life of how, how I've had to work through struggles and challenges to really learn how to love God with all of my heart and my soul and my strength. Because who knows, at times, it's difficult to love, right? At times, it can be just hard to love people. It can be hard even at times to love God because maybe we get frustrated. Maybe, maybe we get sad that things aren't working out like we hoped they were going to or things are more difficult than what we had hoped and, and the plans that we have in our mind are not always happening like we thought they would. But I want to start with this question today and I've kind of already asked it, but who agrees that loving others can be challenging? Right? I think we all agree that loving others at times can be very challenging. Because why? Because people let us down. We get hurt by people. People disappoint us. They don't live up to maybe the standards or the ideas that we have in our mind. And so they, they, they let us down. But I think if we can learn how to understand God's love, if we can learn how to, to really love on God, it will help us to be able to love on other people more. If we can understand God's love and how He loves us, how He loves you, Individually, How much God loves you, it will help you and it will help me. It will help us as a church, as a body, to be able to love others more. And that's our goal, right? We want to be a church that loves our community. We want to love people to Christ, right? We don't want to, we don't want to force people to Christ. We want to love people to Christ because, because the love of God that's in us is so contagious that the people around us just sense it. They just feel it. Because it's so tangible and it's so real. So today we're going to talk about how God refers to us as a friend. How he loved us before we were ever even out of our mother's womb. And how we can show our love to God. James 2.23 says, And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called, what? God's friend. Abraham. Right? All the way back in the book of Genesis, the first book of the Bible, we read about his name is originally Abram and it gets changed to Abraham. But it, it talks about how God asked him, he said, Abraham, Abram, I'm going to call you out from where you are and I'm going to move you, but you're going to be the leader of a people. You're going to be the father of all nations and I'm going to work through you in a mighty way. And, and he said, okay, and he left everything he had. Right? He took his wife and the things that he had, and he just began to follow God. He was just obedient to what God was asking him to do. He had no guarantees other than the fact that God said, I'm going to use you in a mighty way. That was it. There was nothing else that had been given to him at that point, but he just was obedient because he loved God, because he had a respect and a fear for who God was. And he said, God, if you're going to ask me to do this, yes, I'll go ahead and I'll do it. And as a result, it was credited to him as righteousness. He was called God's friend. Because he believed in God and he followed his commandments, he was called God's friend. He was believed to be a lover of God. So I challenge us with this question today. Do we believe in God enough to be considered righteous as Abraham was? 
Or maybe I should phrase it this way. Are, are we being obedient enough? Are we following what God is asking us to do in our lives? That He would say, yes, you are doing what I've asked you to do. You're being obedient. And I would consider that to be righteousness. That's a challenge not just to you, to me. Each day I have to say, God, am I doing what you're asking me to do? Right now, today, that, God, I want to do today what you want me to do. And I would challenge you each day for you to ask that same question. God, today, what is it that you would like me to do for your kingdom, for your glory, so that others may come to see who you are? How do we know that God loves us? How do we know that God loves us? One of the ways that I think we can see how God loves us is when we look at how he created us. Because when you think about it, we always say that, right? Childbirth is a miracle. Right? I think we'll all agree that it is a miracle the way that God created us, the way that He built us, that, that, that we can have children the way that we do. But when we read Scripture that talks about how God created us, how God began to know us, look at Psalm 139.13. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. You knit me together in my mother's womb while I was still there. You already had your hand upon me. You were forming me. You were creating me. You were developing me. Psalm 22.10 From birth I was cast on you. From my mother's womb you have been my God. Saying, God, I understand that you created me in my mother's womb. And so because of that, I'm going to choose to glorify you. I'm going to choose to love you. I'm going to choose to follow you all the days of my life because I know it's only because of you that I am even here. Right? It's only because of God that we can even have children, that, that we were created in that way by God. Psalm 71.6 says, From birth I have relied on you. You brought me forth from my mother's womb, and I will ever praise you. I have relied on you. Right? Just like a, a baby has to rely on their parents to feed them. Has to rely on their parents to help them. You know, they can't clothe themselves. They can't feed themselves. Those kind of, they have to rely on someone. In our, in, in our spiritual lives, we're the same way. We say, God, we rely upon you for our source of strength. Our source of hope. Our source of, of comfort. And God, you are the one who we find our strength from. You are the one who we find our, our spiritual food from. It comes from you, Lord. And we will praise you because of that. Because you always provide. Because you always give everything that we need. Maybe not what we always want, but God always supplies everything that we need. Isaiah 49.1 says, The servant of the Lord, listen to me, you islands. Hear this, you distant nations. Before I was born, the Lord called me. From my mother's womb, He spoke my name. God knew the plans and the, 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 the things He was going to do in your life before you were ever born. The purpose for your life, God knew before you were ever even born. He called you by your name. He called you out to do a mighty work. He knit us together, as we said, while we were still in our mother's womb. He came down and He formed us before we had ever even come into existence as a baby here on this earth. Just as an inventor knows all the workings of the object he creates, God knows everything about you and I because we're created in His image. God knows every intricate detail about you. Not just physically, in every sense. God knows everything about you. 
Because we are created in His image. We are a reflection of God. But the awesome thing is each of us are uniquely created. Each of us are different. Each of us have talents and gifts that God wants to use in a special way that are different from the person sitting next to you. That are different from your siblings or your family members or your friends. It would be boring if we were all the same, right? If every single person on this earth was the same type of person, it would be boring. I I love uniqueness. I love that we're all different. How can we show our love to God? What are different ways that you and I can show our love to God? Or maybe even I should put it this way. What are different ways that we can also show the love of God to other people as well? Not just specifically to God himself but also sharing that love of God with other people who are around us. And so over the next couple minutes, I have a few volunteers that are going to come up at different times, and they're going to help me. They're going to put some different practical steps on this board of how we can show our love to God and how we can show our love to other people. But getting back to our main verse, the the life verse that I shared with you earlier, it says this, again, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. The act of loving God should be evident by the fruit that's in our lives. Right? The way that, that we live our lives, it, it should show our love of God. It should just flow out of our lives. And so, one way, and, and whoever has the word obedience, I'm going to ask you to bring that up. Whoever has the word obedience, I'm going to ask you to bring that up and put it on the board up here. One way that we can show our love for God is through our obedience, right? We talked about Abraham. Perfect. Thank you, Kennedy. We talked about Abraham and and how he was obedient to what God asked him to do, right? God said, I I, want to move you. I'm going to take you to be the father of the nations. And, And Abraham said, yes, I'll do that. I'll be obedient. Our actions will always speak louder than our words. We hear that all the time, right? Your actions speak louder than your words. Let our actions be glorifying to God in all that we do. Right? If, if, if we, we talk a big talk like, yes, we love Jesus and, and we're so involved in these different things, but yet our actions don't line up with that, what are people going to listen to? They're going to look at our actions, right? They're going to look at the way we live our lives and they're going to say, no, he's just a hypocrite. He says one thing, but he does another thing. Our, our obedience is one way that we show our love to God. Being obedient to God means also that we're obedient to our parents, that we're obedient to our elders, that we're obedient to those who are in authority above us. God asks us to be obedient to those who are placed above us. And so that's all part of loving God, is doing what God asks us to do, and being obedient and loving those who God has brought around us as well. The second fruit that we have in our lives that can, that can be parent in our lives and we love God and love others is loyalty. So whoever has loyalty can bring that up here. Loyalty. It's this idea of setting setting aside time to focus on God. Thank you, Olivia. We all know that that our love is shown by what we spend our time doing, right? We always say, hey, I know what you love by where you spend your money, right? Or or I know what you love by, by where you spend the majority of your time doing things. It's apparent. And so our loyalty, it's this idea of setting aside time and saying, God, I want to focus upon you. God, I want to focus on my relationship with you. I want to grow in my relationship with you, my understanding of you. Using our God-given gifts 
to bring honor to God. As I said, each of us are uniquely gifted and talented. And what has God gifted you with? What, is, what talents has God given you that He's saying, I gave you those so you can use them for my kingdom. I gave you those so that people can come to know who God is. That is why you have those gifts and talents. Not, not for yourself, not to absorb them or just to use them. Yes, it's awesome to enjoy the things God has given you. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying we need to take a step back and say, Okay, God, I realize what you have done in my life. And I'm going to use that to bring glory to you. I'm going to use that to bring honor to you through the way that I live my life. Another thing that we touched on last week a little bit, another uh, sense of being loyal is saying, you know what, God? Not only am I going to give him my time, I'm going to give him my resources. I'm going to say, you know what, God? I understand that, that yes, you don't, you don't need me. You could do whatever you want. But God, you expect, God expects us to do our part in giving back to the kingdom. And part of that is our giving, our, our tithing, our financially saying, God, yes, I give back to you a percentage of what you have given to me. Use it to advance your kingdom. I, I love giving because I, go, I, I just think in my mind, God, you can do so much more than, with this money than I could do if I kept it myself. I mean, there's, there's probably good things I could do with money, but when we give it to God, God takes it and he does miraculous things with it. And many times we may never even know what God is doing but like, for example, last Sunday we had that missionary here on Sunday night. And we've, we've supported that guy. He thinks for 20-some years. And you know what? We don't always know what that giving has done. But there's been an amazing revival in that area that he's in. And the lost are coming to know Christ. And that's a result of our loyalty to God of giving and saying, Yes, I'm going to turn and I'm going to give and invest in the kingdom of God. The third fruit that should be evident in our lives as we love God and love other people is faithfulness. So whoever has faithfulness, if you could please bring that one up. Faithfulness. Faith. What is faith? Awesome. Thank you. Faith is, is, is believing without being able to see, right? Sometimes we can't see things, but we just trust and we believe. And we say, you know what, God, I have faith. And I know that regardless of what my circumstances look like right now, God, I know that you are going to come through. God, I know that you are with me. That, God, you have a plan in a way that you're going to work through these circumstances. It's, it's believing that God will change the circumstances that we're in. It's this idea that God will actually answer your prayers, right? How many times, and, and I've been probably guilty of this as well, and we pray and we just pray because we think we're supposed to, but... Do we always really believe that it's going to happen? But we need to have the faith to say, you know what, if I'm going to pray it, God asks us to come to His throne, to boldly approach Him. So if I'm going to pray, I need to believe that it's going to happen. Have, have an expectation and an anticipation that God is going to respond. Is He always going to right away? No. Is it maybe going to look like what we thought it was going to look like? Maybe not. But we have faith to believe that God is going to move in our situation. We have faith to believe that God is going to heal us. Right? We pray. We say, God, we want to see your healing. We want to see miraculous touch. We need to have faith that God will do it. We need to anticipate and expect that God can come and He can truly do what we believe He can do. Also, having faith that God can actually re- restore order in this world. Right? We have so much chaos. There's so much dysfunction in the world around us and we think man there's so much evil there's so much hatred and dissension but we have to believe and have faith that you know what god we believe you can bring order back to this world 
God, we believe that, that through the right people and through people who are obedient, that you can restore order where it seems like there, there, that there's no order at all. But having faith that God can do those things. The fourth fruit that will be uh, apparent in our life as we love God is devotion. So whoever has devotion can bring that one up here. Devotion, things such as a prayer life, right? Daily saying, Father, I'm going to come before you and I'm going to pray. Thank you, Bob. Things like prayer, our, our daily Bible reading, our devotions. Spending time again with God, this idea. But not only is it through prayer and devotions. I think sometimes we, we pray and we ask God for things and we say, God, give us direction. God, give us uh, an idea of what you want us to do. We pray and then we run off. What did we do? We forgot to sit and listen. Part of our devotion is saying, I'm just going to sit in your presence, God. Speak to me. I've asked for something, but we get so busy that we cloud ourselves with all this other noise that we forget to stop and allow God to answer, to speak back to us. So we need to make sure that, yes, we're spending time in God's Word. We're spending time in prayer. We're spending time with other believers being sharpened and challenged in different ways and encouraged. But we also need to spend that time in quiet of shutting everything down and saying, God, I want to hear from you. Because we have a lot of ideas as people, and many of them are good, but none of them are as good as what God has, right? God has the best plans, the best ideas, and so we need to spend time listening to what God is asking us to do. And finally, the last fruit that we're going to talk about this morning is our life. As Eli brings that up, our, our last one, life. Are you following God with your whole life? Is the way that you live your life reflective of God? Do, would, would people see your life and the way you're living and say, you know what, I think there's something different about that person. I think there, there's, there, there's something that they have going on that, that, that is different than what the rest of the world has. And, it, and then you can say, you know what it is? It's the love of God. It's the love of God that's inside of me that has changed me. It's the love of God that encourages me to live life different than maybe the rest of the world and those who maybe don't have hope. Another question with your life is, do you know what God's will is for your life? Do you know what God has called you to do? Because many of us, I think we could sit in here and say, you know what, I come to church, but I don't really know maybe exactly what it is that God actually wants to do in my life, what He wants to do through me. So pray that. Ask God, God, would you make it clear to me what your will is for my life? Would you make it clear to me what it is that you desire to do through me? And then you can act on that, right? Because God has given you those talents. He's given you those gifts to do things. But maybe you don't know what it is. Ask Him. He'll respond. He'll answer. He'll make it clear if you listen. If you give Him the time to respond. Another way, are we leading others into a relationship that's closer to Christ? Or away from Christ? Right? Our life, is our life pointing people towards the cross? Or is our life pointing people away from the cross? I get it. We're not perfect. I'm not perfect. We're going we're gonna to mess up. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to do things that we're going to look back and go, why in the world did I ever do that? Or why did I say that? 
But is our life more consistently pointing people towards the cross or consistently pointing people away from Christ and the love that He has? And that, that's a tough one to swallow at times. Other one is laying down your life for the benefit of others. Are, are, is our life about us? Is it about me? Is it about what I want? Or am I going to say, God, you've called me to a life of selflessness. You've called me to a life that says, I'm going to lay myself down that others may come to know who you are. Not that you become a doormat. Not that you become abused or taken advantage of in that sense. But you say, you know what? I'm going to be willing to say, I'm going to think through the perspective of what need is around me that I can meet. Not, not how can others help me. Not, not what would benefit me. But saying, man, how can I help others come to know who Christ is as a result of the way that I'm living my life? Above all else, we love God because He's given us the opportunity to have life, right? He gave us life. And John 10.10 says, Not only did He give us life, but a thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come so that you may have life and have it in abundance. That we may have life in abundance. That that means we don't just walk through life going, Man, I, I just wish... That, that I could have a better life. God has, God has provided a way for us to have an amazing life. For us to have life in abundance. Life that's full of joy. Life that's full of, of just uh, love and laughter. Does that mean things are always easy? No, it doesn't. There's challenges. We live in a fallen world. That's one of the results of sin. Is We live in a fallen world that has unfortunate things that happen at different times. But God has called us to live a life and have it in abundance. If for no other reason than the fact that God has given us a chance to walk with Him for eternity, we should love Him. There's no other person or other God in this world who can offer us the life that God can. There's nobody else that can offer us new life except for God. His Son Jesus laid down His life that we could walk free of our shame, walk free of our guilt and the sins of our past. Jesus loved His Father so much that He laid down His life for our sakes. Even Jesus had to be obedient unto death. Jesus in the garden, He he was ready to say, I'm done. God, if there's anything else You can do, take this away from me. But if not, I'm willing to do it. I'll be obedient to what You're asking me to do. And so even Jesus, the perfect example for us, showed us the obedience and the loyalty and the faithfulness and his life and his devotion, it was evident how much he loved God. And now it's our turn to turn around and say, God, we love you so much that we're going we're gonna to lay down the things of this world for the sake of what you have given us, for the sake of new life, for the sake of helping others come to know who you are. I want to look at our main verse this morning in one different translation quick. This is from the voice translation. It says, you should love him, your true God, with all of your heart and soul, and with every ounce of your strength. I love this translation because it paints this picture that we should truly love God with every ounce of our strength. Everything. We're not to hold anything back, but to love God 100% with everything that we have. Everything. And that's my desire that we'll be a church that says, we're going to give everything we have for His kingdom. We're going to give everything we have so that the lost can find hope. That those who are hurting can can find a place of healing. That those who are lost can find direction in their lives. 
that is willing to say, you know what, God, I, I, I want to live my life that glorifies you in everything that I do. That you will be evident in our actions and the way we live our lives. And I, and I pray that people will never have to wonder who we love because it will be so evident. Somebody will never have to ask you, who is it that you love? But they will simply be able to say, you know what? I can tell that you love God by the way you live your life. It's just evident. It's obvious. Because the love of God, when it's inside of it, it bubbles out. God fills our heart with love and it bubbles. Just like that shaving cream bubbled out. God's love bubbles out of our lives when we are filled with His joy and His love. Learning how to love God and, and loving others can be challenging at times. But as we strive to love God with everything we have, I pray that, that we will all be considered His friend. God, God sees us all as His friend, just as He did with Abraham, who was obedient to God's leading. Our love for God will produce obvious fruit, as we said, such as obedience, loyalty, faithfulness, devotion, and life. The first step to growing fruit in your life is by giving your heart to the Lord. And so I want to ask you this morning, you know what, if you've never given your heart to the Lord, today is the perfect opportunity. Today is the perfect time to say, you know what, I'm ready to make that decision. I'm ready to say, God, I want to live for you. I want a different way of life, one that, one that is directed by you. And so what I'm going to ask you to do really quick is, and some of you might laugh at that, I'm going to ask everyone to close their eyes really quick. We're going to make this a, a private thing between you and God. But if you want to give your heart to the Lord this morning, I want to ask you, just quickly put your hand in the air and you can put it right back down. But if you're in here this morning and you want to do that, awesome. Thank you, Jesus. What I'm going to do now is, is if you've ever given your heart to the Lord before or you responded this morning, I would like you to just repeat after me in prayer quickly. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your Son Jesus to the cross for my sins. I thank you that he rose three days later and I live my life for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. That, that, that is the greatest thing as a church we can ever do is walk people into a relationship with Christ. But I pray that maybe those of you who have already made that decision before, I want to encourage you. I'm not forgetting about you. Maybe you want to see these fruit increase in your life. Or I want to challenge you. Maybe there's an area in your life where, where you're just weak. Or maybe you're struggling. I want to encourage you to, to give of yourself and allow God to work through your life in a mighty way that the fruit may become more evident. That people may see the love of God come out of your life in an even greater way. God created us for relationship so that we may remember to continually give Him our time and our attention. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank You for this morning. We thank You that we can look to Your Word, Father, and we thank You for Your love. God, that, that's so amazing, that it's so unbelievable, that, that we can't even comprehend fully. But God, that, that You have bestowed Your love upon us before we were even ever born. That God, You set us aside, that You had a purpose and a, and a calling for our lives. God, we thank You for that. And I pray this morning that for those who, who maybe are, are just in a tough place in life, that God, You'd fill them with Your joy and Your peace during this time. But God, I pray that as a church... We would become a church that's so full of your love. That we would be a reflection of you. That people would, would think of Chisholm Assembly of God and they would think of your love. 
God, that they wouldn't think of Pastor Micah, that they wouldn't think of, uh, of any of us as individuals, but they say, man, God's love just oozes out of that place and it oozes out of the congregation. And I just want to be a part of that. Father, we just give you all praise and all glory for what you're going to do. Work through us, we pray. Give us opportunities, Father, to be a witness, to be a light in the community around us, that people may come to know who you are as a result of what you're doing in our lives. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.